going to be a great day. How many of you brought your Bibles with you? I hope you did. Join me in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13 is where we're going to be. Uh, We are in a series entitled The Summer of Wisdom, and we've been looking through the book of Proverbs kind of all together throughout the, the month and bringing different messages. And we've said from the onset, that we want to be successful in life, and if we want to be successful in life, then that requires certain skill sets, right? It's not going to happen on accident. Uh, I believe that God wants us to win at life, right? I, I really do, and, and not to, to be shocking, or uh, if this offends you, uh, I apologize ahead of time. I don't think life ought to suck. I think we ought to have good lives. I think God wants us to have a good life. And uh, it requires some skill, though, to accomplish that in our life. If we're going to live a skillful life, there are some things that we need to embed and work into our lives that will help us live life to its possible best. And when we're living a skillful life, we tend to walk with more confidence throughout our lives. No matter the season, no matter the stage, we walk with more confidence when we have the skills necessary to do it. Uh, First day of school jitters, you don't have to be all worried. You can walk with confidence the first day of school because you know that there's some skills that you've got deposited in your life. First day on a new job, you don't have to be worried. Why? Because there are some skills at play in your life that have helped, that you've been working on and developing to live life well and to get to the season and the stage. If you're sending your last kid off to college this year, that's the stage of life that you find yourself. You can do it in a successful way and find that skill necessary. And I believe the book of Proverbs gives us wisdom and insights and lets us know some key things that we can integrate into our lives so that we can live successfully in every season of our lives. Proverbs chapter 13, starting in verse 19, this is what the Word of God says. It says this, a longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's sweet. Go ahead. Y'all didn't say it with nearly the voice inflection that I did. I'm going to need you to turn to your other neighbor and see if you get a little more motivated and tell them, it's sweet. See, there you go. A longing fulfilled is is sweet to the soul. It's sweet to the soul. But fools detest turning from evil. In other words, fools are like, nah, I'm going to keep being foolish. I'm going to keep living an evil life. I'm going to keep doing it all my own way. You can keep your skills and your sweet life to yourself. I'm just going to keep doing it my way. How's that working for you, my friends? It says that they just keep their own evil. Verse 20 says this, walk with the wise and you will become wise. Walk with the wise, and you will become wise. I suppose you could say, if you don't feel like you're very wise in your life, perhaps you need to check who you're walking in life with. Walk with the wise, and you will become wise. For a companion of fools suffers great harm. Verse 21, trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous are rewarded with good 
things. I've got good news today. You can be righteous in your life, not because of the good deeds that you do, but because you make a decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says when we put our faith in him, like many of, many of us just did a minute ago, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness is put on top of us. In other words, when God looks at you as a believer, he doesn't look at you and all of your deeds. He sees Jesus Christ and all of his righteousness. Come on, that's good news, right? And so that righteousness fills our lives, and we find that the righteous are rewarded with good things. I want to talk to you for just a minute today on the subject of influence. Everybody say influence. Influence matters. Now, growing up in high school, I used to think that whoever was the coolest had the most influence. That if you were going to be influential, you had to have, I don't know, the right swag to yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he who has the most swag has the most skill and influence, right? And, and I used to think that that's exactly what it meant. So I would, I, I had all sorts of problems growing up when I was, especially in middle school and going into high school. Like, every year it seemed like there was another phase and another trend. Come on, don't, don't act like you're all righteous and you don't look back at pictures from your middle school days and be like, Jesus, what happened to me? Right, like don't don't be acting like your mom didn't pull out pictures and you were like, oh, look, why do you, we still have this photo? Can we please not burn? Do you see my hair? Hello, G. Come on, right? Like, different stages in our lives, we went through different things, and I went through all the stages, man. I remember like crisscross made me want to jump, jump, and so like I had like as baggy as baggy as I could get, which wasn't too much because I was a skinny bean pole as a kid. The Lord's delivered me from that, apparently. I don't know how that's going now, but, but I would wear the baggiest clothes, and then, then the next year, it was like, be as preppy as you can be, and like, it was always constantly changing, because I thought that if I had the right swag, I would have the right influence, and, and I was tired of living a life where I was constantly being swayed back and forth, back and forth, but it's not really he who has the most swag has the most influence. That's not, it's not the case. Those of us who live skillful lives end up with the most influence. Friends, I came to tell you today, whether you realize it or not, God has given you influence. You have influence. There's something in your life that he has placed in you that is influential to other people. Whether you like it or not, or realize it or not, people are observing your life. And it's paying off. It's, it's, it's either helping them get closer to Christ or you're, you're one of those that aren't quite walking with the wise just yet and you're kind of leading people in a wrong direction. You don't have to have a lot of people following you to realize that you have influence, right? You just need to know that if you are married, you have influence. If you have a child, you have influence. If you have a friend, you have influence. If you have an enemy... You have influence. If somebody knows what your name is, you have influence. And so I want to talk for just a minute about this idea of influence. I want to share four quick thoughts as it relates to influence. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Influence produces impact. Influence produces impact. Now, over the course of my life, I've had many people who have influenced my life and brought an impact into who I am today. From parents to teachers 
to coaches, to bosses, to friends, to my spouse, my kids, people bring influence with them. And when they influence and I get around their influence, it impacts me. It used to be so bad. Uh, I used to, to be so easily influenced uh, in an area of life. And it was kind of embarrassing. I don't, I don't even know if I should uh, really share it in church, but uh, here I go. Uh, and I used to, uh, I had this thing, right? When I was in high school, I really liked acting. I know it's a shock for some of you. And uh, like it didn't bother me. I enjoyed the, the stage and I enjoyed playing roles and I enjoyed all of those things. And I, I had this infatuation with accents. And uh, I remember one year, uh, we were driving through the backwoods of Tennessee. And uh, Tennessee, these people, they have like this southern accent that is like southern as southern gets. Like there's a term called a southern male. And man, these people, they were southern. And I remember we were going through a drive-thru. I kid you not. We were going through a drive-thru. We were ordering. And I happened to make my own order through the window. And my dad and my parents, they were driving. And this sweet, sweet southern gal was just taking our order. And uh, as soon as I started talking, all of a sudden, my oaky whatever went away. And I became a southern bell. And I just started talking, ma'am, thank you so much. I don't know what came over me. It just happened. It impacted the way that I spoke simply because I was around somebody else's influence. I think all of us have to realize that we have an opportunity to impact somebody's life with our influence. Teachers, as we get ready to go back to school and you're starting to make preparations in your classroom, can I just encourage you this year? God is setting you up to impact students' life for the kingdom of God. He's bringing the right students into your classroom so that you can help shape and mold and breathe encouragement into them. It's gonna be the best year of your life. God's got a plan. He's got something in store and he's gonna use you to impact students' lives. Why? Because you have influence. I believe that influence brings and produces impact. And when we are skilled and sincere, man, we really do see impact in other people's lives. It's nothing special. You don't have to have some special degree, some special upbringing, some special sauce, some special anything. You don't have to think anything about you as special. All you have to recognize is that God has placed some skill in your life, some wisdom in your life, and that enough to bring an impact and influence somebody else's life. You don't have to be the boss at your job to bring an impact in a positive direction. Your attitude alone can change the dynamic of your work environment. Why? Because you recognize, hey, I have an opportunity to influence and bring impact into my world today, even alone with something as simple as an attitude. Why? Because influence produces impact. Number two, as we talk about impact and influence today, inspiration, I believe, sparks influence. When you get inspired by something, man, it sparks influence that you bring into somebody else's life. Uh, The Bible tells us that our ears and our eyes and our mouths 
are all gateways, entry points to our heart. But it's through our ears, our eyes, and our mouth that we receive and process inspiration. You see a moving story, you read a moving article, you hear something that's just some, a piece of music and it just inspires you a little bit. When you have that inspiration, it sparks something on the inside of you to bring about influence. It impacts us. I think that's why Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Above all else, I mean top priority, if you don't get anything else, get this. Above all else. Guard your heart with every bit of diligence that you have. Above everything, guard your heart. Because from your heart, all of your life is produced. Whether you realize it or not, your life perfectly reflects what's going on in your heart. For some of you, you're like, oh, that's great, that's awesome. And some of you, you're like, say what? That ain't my fault. No, 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 no. All of your life right now is the sum total of the life that you've created because of what's in your heart. Above all else, you've got to guard your heart. Young people, let me tell you for just a minute, above all else this year, as you get ready to go back to school, guard your heart. Your ears, your eyes, and your mouth are the very thing that allow things to get into your heart. So guard it. Guard your heart. Not everybody should have access to your heart. That was a good place to say amen. Not everybody's words should be allowed to penetrate and land in your heart. There are some things that people say, some things that people do, some ways that people act. You ought to have a shield around your heart to be like, no, that ain't for me, dog. Nope, not going to let that in. No, I know that that's their opinion. I know that that's their idea. I know that they're giving me dirty looks. I don't care. It ain't getting in. You are the gatekeeper in your heart. You either let it get in and land and stop, or you choose, nope, that ain't sticking in here. You, You don't have to let everything and everybody get into your heart. Guard your heart above all else. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't really know how to guard my heart. I mean, do you have to like build a gate that like you like wear? Is that like a tattoo that you get? Like how do you guard, like is a special clothing, like SPF something for your heart? Like how do I guard my heart? Let me, let me give you the one thing that I believe has helped in my life. I've discovered to help me guard my heart better than any other. And that's this. Write down the word insulation. We need to insulate our heart. What does insulation do? It keeps what's on the inside on the inside and keeps what's on the outside on the outside. In your own heart, if you can insulate your heart, if you can make a decision that not everything's going to get in, I'm going to filter in, I'm going to let the coolness of who God is stay in this heart right here, and I'm not going to let the temperature of the world outside influence what's going on on my heart. How do you insulate your heart? You insulate your heart with the word of God. God's word will create insulation around your heart to keep your heart guarded 
and keep the goodness of God in and the things of this world out. It will keep the life of God inside and the life of the world out. I am not saying that you need to isolate your life. I'm not saying create a bubble and live in a bubble somewhere. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about everywhere you go, make a decision, not everything gets in. That's all it is. Making a decision that not every, not every word that you hear needs to get planted in your heart. Not every decision needs to, right? No, no, not everybody gets access to your heart. You have to insulate your heart with God's word. God's word is inspired, friends. The word of God is, it's alive. It speaks to you. I was talking with a friend just the other day about how we've been journeying through the book of Proverbs. And now we're on our third time through the book of Proverbs this summer. I hope that you have not checked out from the book of Proverbs because you got bored the first time through. Hopefully, and if you have, that's all right. Just re-up and say, you know what? I'm going to walk through it again this year. I'm going to do it this month. Right here, we're going to read the book of Proverbs. One proverb every day. And by reading the Proverbs every day, you're, you're just looking for one thing to grab a hold that day. One truth to insulate your heart with to be inspired in your heart with, to, to kind of fortify the things that are inside of you. When you read God's word on a daily basis, you begin to insulate your heart. Why? Because it acts as a filter. Because what tries to contaminate your heart are the lies that are spread all around. Things that aren't really true about you, you'll start to believe if you haven't properly insulated and filtered your heart with God's word. You'll start to believe that you're not worth anything because you hear it said so many times. But if you've read God's word, you'll recognize that God says that he's given you the ability, that Christ lives in you, that you're more than a conqueror, that he's called you to be the top and not the bottom. You'll recognize some different things and you'll start filtering out. You'll, 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 you'll be tempted to believe the lie that's spreading around that you're ugly. But when you read God's word and he discover, you'll discover that he says you are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God knit you together and crafted you perfect. You might feel like you don't have any gifts and abilities. But when you read God's word, you'll discover that he says I've given you special gifts that are unique only to you. And you have a unique fingerprint of your heavenly father that nobody else has. Why? And you begin to, you might hear one thing on the outside. But your heart is insulated enough that it's filtering out all of the other stuff that you would have heard. And you don't let it into your heart. Why? Because you're guarding your heart. And that inspiration from God's word will spark influence in your life. See, when you live and when you have received some inspiration, you can actually start to influence other people. I think this is the beautiful thing about connect groups that we have here at Faith Church. Connect groups are a spot where you can actually start to interact and engage on friendships and get inspired from God's word together as you dialogue and discuss what's going on. And it helps you be fortified and to grow and develop something on the inside. I think it's the beautiful thing about these connect groups is the power of connect groups when we are inspired by God and we get around the right influences in our lives. Allowing the right people to speak into our lives. This, uh, this September, it's September 9th, we are launching back into the next semester of Connect Groups. And uh, this year we have, uh, starting in September, we will have two Connect Groups just for teenagers. 
We'll have one uh, for middle school, uh, and, it, and it's going to be led by Jeff and Cheryl Beckwith. They're on vacation today. They couldn't be here. I wish they would have been able to, but, but they weren't able to. They're going to be launching a connect group that's going to meet twice a month for middle schoolers, right, right in there. Um, and then we have one for high schoolers that's going to be launching in September. And it's going to be led uh, by, um, by the Thorpes. Would you guys stand for me, Jared and Jessica Thorpe? Can you give them a hand? What's up? I'm so excited. They're going to be leading a connect group just for high schoolers. And we want to encourage you, if you have a middle schooler and you have a high schooler, make it a commitment. You know what? We're going to get them engaged in one of these groups. Why? Because they need the right influences in their lives. They need people who are inspiring them with the word of God into their lives and to helping them to insulate their, their heart. If you're in middle school or high school, uh, Jared and Jessica, along with myself, will be over here at the table uh, for you to pick up your backpack and your gift card. And uh, we'd love to just shake your hand. They'd love to meet you personally, and I'll be over there as well. And uh, so I can't wait. If you don't know who they are, get to know them. They're a wonderful, wonderful couple, and they're going to speak life into your life. Here's the deal. When we don't insulate with the truth of God's word in our heart, we will end up living out the insecurities that are already in there. When we don't insulate our heart with the truth of God's word, you will live from a place of insecurity in your life. And lest you think that insecurity is something that only plagues teenagers who are going through puberty, you have another thing to discover. I don't care how old you are. If you're not insulating your heart, you will live from a place of insecurity. Let's not live from a place of insecurity. Let's live from a place that's inspired by God's word. And when we're inspired, it sparks a new level of influence. Number three. Number three thing about influence that I wanted to share today is this. Influence is fueled by friendship. If you walk with the wise, you will become wise, Proverbs says. Influence is fueled by friendship. Proverbs 18.24 says this. A man who has friends must first himself be friendly. A person who has friends must themselves first be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's Jesus Christ. But influence is fueled by friendship. It's fueled by friendship. Let me encourage you today, friends. Be the friend that you want to have. Doesn't matter your age or stage of life. Be the friend that you want to have. Make a decision. Make a decision. If, if there's influence, there's things that are in your life, and we want to be an influence in other people's lives, rather than be the ones always being influenced, let's be the ones that give the influence. If that's going to happen, it's going to be fueled on the foundation and built on the foundation of friendship, which means that, hey, let's just make a decision. We're going to be the ones that give grace. We're going to be the ones that speak encouragement. We are going to be the ones that are quick to forgive. We're going to be the ones that remain humble in our lives. That's what a good friend does. So let's make a decision that we're going to be the friend that we one day want to have. Why? Because anybody who has friends first made a decision to themselves be 
friendly. If you're taking an inventory of your life and you're sitting back and you're like, I don't feel like I have any friends. Well, there's one remedy for that. It's time to start being a friend. Well, I, I, nobody wants to call. Nobody talks to me. Nobody. Who was the last person you talked to? Who was the last person you went up to and introduced yourself to? Who was the last time? What was the last time you said, hey, you want to go grab a coffee this week? Hey, what do you, let's go do that. If you want friends, it's a pretty easy equation, my friends. Show yourself friendly. Influence is fueled by friendship. Influence is fueled by friends. You don't need to be, you don't, again, man, I tell you what, and, and this is where insecurity rears its ugly head again, right? Because we think unless we're cool, we won't have friends. Unless we got the right swag, people want to hang out with. What if they reject? What if they don't accept? What, what if you're no different than you are right now? So why don't you take a risk and say, you know what? I'm going to start being a friend and recognize that God will bless me with the right friends. I'm going to be the right kind of friend today that I want to meet tomorrow. Start by making a decision to say, I'm going to take the initiative instead of wishing people would invite you. Why don't you make a decision? I'm going to be the inviter, right? Instead of sitting back uh, feeling sorry, why don't you make a decision? You know what? I'm going to take a step and I'm going to reach out. I'm going to, I'm going to initiate. Why? Because if I want friends, I've got to act and be the friend that I want to one day have. It's a simple equation. You know what's funny to me? is that we all sit around sometimes thinking the same things, assuming that everybody else is already busy and everybody else already has friends and everybody else is already taken care of, and so we just stay quiet all by ourselves. And you know what? The person that that you're thinking, oh, I probably ought to get to know them. Nah, because, and you start to make excuses why you shouldn't. Come on, am I the only one that's ever had this thought game go on in their mind? And you know what, that person that you're thinking that, you know what's happened in their mind, the same thing, I probably ought to get to know them. I'd like to get to know some more people. Nah, they probably got other things going, and we start making excuses right away, right? What if we just said no to the excuse and said yes to the opportunity? Come on, let's just, I, I, I believe that we ought to be a church that isn't just friendly, but is full of our friends. What do I mean by that? I mean, let's take it a step beyond, hi, how are you? And let's actually get to know people in this church. The only way you're going to get to know people in this church is if you take the initiative to say, hey, tell me about your family a little bit. Hey, tell me about your job. Tell me about this. And you start asking questions. You know what everybody's favorite subject is to talk about? Themselves. You're like, oh, no, I don't like to talk about myself because, see, when I talk about myself, I think about, what are you doing? You're talking about yourself. Like, the most important person in your life is you. You're like, no, that's not true. Well, let me ask you this. When you look at a group photo, who's the first person you look for? Uh-huh. And if you don't look good, that's a bad picture. That's, no, that's not, we got to retake. That's not a good picture. We got to redo that. When you take a step and say, hey, I want to get to know you. Tell me about you. People tend to open up and talk a whole lot. Why? Because they like to talk about themselves. If you want to have friends, you got to start showing yourself friendly. This past Sunday, we met up at the city pool, and we got to baptize. It ended up being like 19 people, 20 people, something like that. 
And uh, it was just a fantastic Sunday, right? A lot of people hung out, got to talk and mingle and mix. But you know one of the things that I was just kind of noticing as a church? Now, if this is your first time, this doesn't apply to you. I'm sure you are amazing, wonderful in every conceivable way. But can I just tell you as a pastor what I was wanting to see and what I was looking for? That we would recognize that we were in a real chill, casual environment, and we would go beyond saying hello, and we would have a conversation longer than 20 seconds. And there was some of that that went on because you've got friends, and they were there, and that was great. But as a church, we have a mindset, and our mindset is this. We make room for people to belong. My challenge to every person in this room is this. Who can you widen your circle and invite in? I love that we have circles of friends. But who could you widen your circle and invite them to come in? What would it look like if on Sunday when we took some time and said, hey, say hello to some people around you. It was like, hey, how are you? And then we turn around, but it's like, hey, how are you? What did you do this weekend? And instead of talking to everybody, you just actually talk to somebody. Pastor, I don't really know if I want to get to know everybody like that. That's good. I don't want you to get to know everybody. But you ought to know somebody. I think we ought to have the friendliest church. Not the most, hi, how are you church? But I want our church to be the most engaged, friendly. It ought to be your mission. If you don't know who somebody is, church, to not only get to know who they are, but get to know stuff about who they are. And remember their name the next time. Maybe make an invite and say, you know what? Who can I invite out to coffee this week? Who can I friend on Facebook this week? Who can I get to know into their lives this week? Why? Because we want to be friendly. We want to make room for more people to belong. And if you've been here longer than a month, you are officially deputized as the friendship committee. Right? Like, come on, let's go. This is what we do as a church. Why? Because influence is fueled by friendship. There are friends that are in your life for a reason, and God is inviting you to begin influencing them. To be influencing them. Your friends matter. Here's the last thought today. Influence is not instant. It's not instant. The first time you invite somebody to do things, it's not going to be your best friend instantly. No, it takes time. The first time you begin to guard your heart, it's not going to be perfect at that. Why? Because influence is an instant. When you begin to recognize that there are people in your school that you can impact, it's not going to be instantaneous. Why? Because influence is not instant. Influence comes in increments. Little by little, little bit of trust, little bit of influence, little bit of opportunity. They trust you a little more. Why? Because it's just little by little, little by little, little by little. Those of you that uh, come from a blended family or maybe uh, you're in a blended family at this moment where you're kind of taking two families and you're blending them together. When you started that relationship, the influence that you had on the kids or the kids, like it wasn't instant. It happens little by little. Why? Because trust is earned little by little. It happens in increments. Influence is, it's not instant. I think we have to learn to be faithful right where we are. What can you do? 
This last week, I heard a story about two middle school girls. We go to school out in uh, North Carolina. These two middle girls recognized that in middle school, it's kind of a little intense sometimes. Kind of got some drama sometimes. Sometimes people are real judgy in middle school. Everybody's kind of dealing with their own stuff and they want to be friends, but they don't know how to be friends. And, and it just felt weird sometimes and awkward. And they wanted to avoid all of the awkwardness. And so you know what they made a decision to do? To show up to school early one day. They're followers of Jesus and say, you know, this is what we're going to do. They showed up at the school early and they stood by the entrance doors. And you know what they did as, as people, as other students started to arrive? They started giving them high fives and telling them it was going to be a great day. They started telling them how awesome they were and started pumping them up and just being encouragement and being a source of joy. They just took an opportunity and they said, hey, we can stand at a door. They weren't going to be class president. They weren't changing everything. They just decided to open up doors for people and give some high fives away. And they did it the next day. And then the next day, and then the next day, and they started to see a change in people's attitudes. Why? Because they took the little bit of opportunity and decided we're not going to be in this awkward thing. We're going to make a decision. We're going to influence somebody. And it's going to start with one high five at a time. What is the opportunity that's ahead of you? Who are the people that got us brought into your life little by little? Why? Because influence isn't instant. It's just little by little, bit by bit, little by little. Make a decision to start speaking life to the people that are around you. Uh, it was earlier this year in our Connect group that my wife and I were attending. Kevin and Stephanie Flanner were our Connect group leaders. And there's one day we were having a conversation and we got onto the subjects of comparison and influence. We were just kind of talking about this and Stephanie shared uh, just a really cool story and parable. And I was like, you got to send that to me. I want to I wanna read that again. And I've read it multiple times, and I wanted to read it to you today as we get ready to wrap things up. This is kind of the, it's called the elephant parable, and you may have heard it before. But it's simply this. An elephant and a dog became pregnant at the same time. Three months down the, long, uh, down the line, the dog gave birth to six puppies. Six months later, the dog was pregnant again. And nine months, at nine months, it gave birth to another dozen pump, puppies. And the pattern continued. On the 18th month, the dog approached the elephant questioning, are you sure that you're actually pregnant? We became pregnant on the same date, and I gave birth to three times to a dozen puppies. They are now grown to become big dogs, yet you are still pregnant. What's going on? Well, the elephant replied, there is something I want you to understand. What I am carrying is not a puppy, but an elephant. I only give birth to one in two years. When my baby hits the ground, the earth feels it. When my baby crosses the road, human beings stop and watch in admiration. When I, what I carry draws attention. So what I'm carrying is mighty and great. Don't lose faith when you see others receive answers to their prayers. Don't be envious of others' testimonies. If you haven't received your own blessings, don't despair. Say to yourself, my time is coming. And when it hits the surface of the earth, people shall yield in admiration. Comparison is the thief of joy. 
Don't get distracted by other people's journey. Stay encouraged and focus on God's path for you. God only wants great things for us. So I know your story has an amazing ending. It's worth the faith and the patience it takes to see it through. God is developing an influence inside of you. It won't be instantaneous. It does require that you guard your heart. Establish friendships little by little, but recognize that when that influence begins to be seen, it will bring an impact that ripples through our culture. Because God in you is bigger. What God is stirring in you is greater. Don't sit around looking at other people's lives, wondering if this or that. No, that comparison will indeed cripple you in life. I'm gonna ask you just a couple questions. Number one's this. Who's influencing you? Who are the people that you're walking with in life? Is it a positive influence? Been kind of a negative influence. Maybe it's time to change how often we allow them to influence our lives. Not everybody should get access to your heart. Influence brings impact. Who's influencing you right now? Second question is this. Who can you influence? Who can you influence? Who can you influence? Don't let your insecurity silence your influence. One of the greatest hurdles that I've had to jump over in my life are the insecurities that were ignited when I was, began in middle school. Because I started to look at comparison rather than recognize that God had called me. And I started comparing my life with other people's lives, thinking that that's how influence and impact came about. But I had to come to a point in my life where I said, God, I'm going to surrender even my insecurity to you. And when I began to surrender that insecurity to the Lord, God began to bring other people into my life who I could also influence and impact. Maybe there's an insecurity in your life that is stopping you from stepping out to be a person of influence. Maybe today's the day that you surrender that very thing. Who's influencing you? And who can you influence? Would you stand with me? We want to pray today. But we want to pray specifically in, in two groups. Number one, if you are a teacher, janitor, faculty, you work in the school system in any capacity, would you just put a hand in the air and just leave it there for a second? You, you work in the school system in any capacity, any school at all, hands up, awesome. And then just keep your hands up for a minute. If you are in here and you are in school, right, would you just also lift your hand? You're a student, 
in some capacity, hands up, hands up. Now, those of you that don't have a hand up, I want you to take your hand and place it on their shoulder, right? See somebody with a hand up, just put a hand on their shoulder. We want to pray a blessing over every person getting ready and geared up for for school coming up. Bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name right now, Lord, I pray that there would be a great influence that they would have this upcoming year. Lord, that they would walk with the wise and they themselves would continue to grow in wisdom. Lord, they would insulate their heart so that they would always allow the life of God to flow out of them. God, I pray that you would bring the right people, the right friendships into their lives so that they are walking in the way, God, that is encouraging, that a way, God, that is breathing life into them. Lord, we just speak blessing over them today. Strengthen them in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. Lord, give them a grace. Give them an understanding heart. Give them a heart, God, for you. Let them go after you, God, with everything that they have this year. Give them the strength. Give them the determination. Keep their eyes focused on you this year, Jesus. Lord, we just speak blessing over them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord today?